Hello, everyone. I'm Stephen Strang, and welcome to this episode of the Strang Report podcast. Done a little bit different today from a brand new location, and I'll be uh, explaining uh, exactly why I'm in this unfinished office. But I'm also going to talk about Dennis Prager, about Dr. Steve Turley, about the Iowa caucus. I even had an article in Publishers Weekly, which is kind of the trade journal for the publishing industry, that I'm going to comment on. So you want to stay tuned uh, to this little impromptu uh, podcast. And uh, let me start by saying that the day I'm recording this uh, to play on uh, Tuesday, uh, we moved. Actually, we moved the last two days. And if you know anything about us, our headquarters are in the Orlando, Florida area in a suburb a fast-growing suburb called Lake Mary, and we moved up here in 1989. There was almost nothing up here. All the roads were two-lane roads, I mean literally, and we've seen the area explode. And there was a reason for us to sell our headquarter building, and we moved out this week. And there's a story behind it, and uh, our studio, we're going to have a very, very nice studio, but it's not set up. My office is not set up, and uh, I'm set up enough. I've been able to do some regular office work, have some meetings and so forth. But, John, can you swing the camera and just show that I have boxes everywhere, and um, I don't have anything on the wall. I did put my Israeli flag and the American flag up so everything looks nice. We have pictures sitting all around the edge. We will later on figure out where to do everything, but we're up and running, and there's a. everyone seems so excited. The fact that we got this building is an absolute miracle, and this is a story I have not told, but we, we knew that we needed a new place. We saw this building. We made an offer. We found out that they had made a verbal agreement, no contract, a verbal agreement, with someone just a few days before, and... Um, you know, there's no need for me to go into the whole story, but um, they went ahead and signed a contract. They set a closing. We started looking everywhere else. We could find nothing, nothing. And uh, my wife said to me one day after we'd been out looking at some property that absolutely wasn't even close, you know, what are we going to do? And I said, you know, I really want that property at 1150 Greenwood in Lake Mary. And uh, we thought it was a dead deal. And we called up and found out that they hadn't closed, even though it was, uh, I don't know, I'd have to count on my fingers, but three or four months at least. The whole process was very dragged out. And we were surprised they hadn't closed. They had a closing the following week. The closing came and went. The people did not have the money. It was extended. The closing came and went. The people didn't come up with the money. They did it a third time. And the seller had a policy that they would extend closing twice, but not three times. And um, during this time, of course, we were praying. And in the natural, um, I'm just being totally honest, in the natural, it looked impossible. And this is one time when we just believed those things that be not as though they were. We just prayed and we just believed that this was the building for us. We bought it 
from the power company, and the power company spared no expense. This thing could take a direct hit with a bomb and survive. I'm, I'm speaking in hyperbole a little bit. It has a full generator, uh, a full building generator. They left a whole lot of equipment. It was a real blessing, and it's just perfect for our needs. Now, we had to do some remodeling, add some offices, move some walls around, but it's just perfect for our need. We even have two acres for future development. So we're taking this as a real new beginning, and it's been fun. The remodeling took longer than we hoped. We hoped to move in uh, before the first of the year, and here it is the middle of January, and we're just getting in. But uh, we are excited, and we are going to have a meeting room where we're going to be able to have uh, meetings for leaders in the body of Christ uh, like we've had over the years, but we did not have access to a meeting spot the last few years, and we kind of got away from that. We're going to start doing that kind of thing. Our podcast studio is going to be, shall I say, state-of-the-art, not knowing exactly <laughs> the definition of state-of-the-art, but for us, it'll be state-of-the-art, and we'll really be able to uh, up our game. In fact, I'm my own podcast is growing. I've been doing them live at Tuesdays and Thursdays and building a following. And uh, But we're going to be changing. I'm thinking of changing, of having a live podcast maybe once a week. Uh, I've been approached by a couple of television networks to put my podcast on as a regular you know, 30-minute program. Uh, we may look at that as new platforms. But also, I've been fascinated by some of the new things that are happening in, in media uh, in terms of a, a subscription plan. Uh, one of the podcasts I look at is called Turley Talks. Dr. Steve Turley has actually been a guest on the Strang Report. I, I uh, interviewed him about one of his books, and uh, he's, he's very strong conservative spokesman. Um, he, he, in spite of everything you see in the media, he believes that the trends are that the whole world is moving toward the right. And he cites things like the election in, in Argentina recently, uh, some of the things that are happening in Europe, uh, and so on. And he believes very strongly that Donald Trump is going to be elected. And uh, just a few days ago, the Iowa caucus was held and, um, you know, he ran away with it. Um, he didn't even win the Iowa caucus in 2016. Ted Cruz did. And, uh, and Donald Trump went on, of course, and got the nomination. But uh, St uh, I actually uh, subscribed to Steve Turley's Insider Club. And uh, it's been very interesting. It's, he takes questions. Uh, it's a whole lot more inside baseball kind of thing. And there are a lot of things that are happening in the body of Christ that I am not willing to put out there in public. You know, I want to be, I want to be positive. I want to be full of faith. But there are some problems that I'm going to, I'm going to even touch on a couple of them in this, in this podcast. But if we had a paywall, so to speak, and kind of a, a members only, I think it would be easier to discuss these things in the same way that we would discuss it in closed door uh, meetings. And I'll tell you the Iowa caucus, for example, I have some friends in Iowa who are Christian leaders, strong Christian leaders, 
And because Iowa is the first in the nation caucus um, and the evangelical vote is strong in Iowa and it has been influential, like, for example, it was very clear that in 2016 it was evangelical vote for Ted Cruz that caused him to win. A couple of these leaders, and I'm not willing to name names, at least not in this setting, but they, uh, they were totally against Trump. And I know these people well enough to text them and say, hey, what's going on? And basically, in my opinion at least, they, they felt snubbed, and they're almost being pharisaical, citing every single little thing that Trump... It's mostly stuff that Trump didn't do. Like one of the things he said was, Trump did nothing to stop the BLM riots. Well, that's debatable. But, you know, when you compare what's happening in our culture with going more and more left, more and more corruption, where they're trying to put their political opponent in jail, etc. And I'll talk more about this later. We don't have the luxury of nitpicking. We just don't. You know, the Bible says, he who's without sin casts a first stone. And I'm just very concerned that Christian leaders become very pharisaical and different candidates, in this case Trump, don't meet their standard, and so they're against him. Just the Pharisees were against Jesus. They found something that Jesus did wrong. He, his disciples um, fed themselves on, on the Sabbath against the law, even though there were, you know, Jesus answered and, and said that there were exceptions in the law that you could work on the Sabbath. And I don't mean to get into that. I'm reading through the Bible this year and starting in Matthew and just read that in the last day or two. But I'm just concerned that Christian leaders get themselves out on a limb and nobody takes them seriously. Then on the other hand, you have some of these prophets that... Um, have prophesied that Trump would win. And listen, I know almost better than anyone, because I wrote this book, God and Donald Trump, that was a bestseller. Uh, the president held it up at the World Economic Forum, which is, you know, this was several years ago, of course, but it's going on right now in Europe. And it was, the book is about the prophecies, because I felt there was an untold story about the prophecies that he'd be elected. And you know, I have been attacked almost not at all. In fact, I'm going to say not at all. Uh, very carefully researched. You know, people can think that we're a bunch of Looney Tunes believing that God speaks today. But in terms of the prophets, and one of the problems with prophecy, which I go into this book and some of the other books I've read and written, including uh, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, I hope I have a couple chapters on prophecy. Part of it is that sometimes the pro- it's hard after the fact to identify that it was prophesied and that it actually came true. Sometimes it's a little bit general or it's a little bit mysterious in the way it's worded. But with Donald Trump, it was very, very clear early, er- long before he ever... Um, you know, why do you say, announced that he might run for president. And um, the thing is that some of these people, uh, Kim Clement is the one that I write about in the, in the book. And by the way, with the political season warming up, um, 
I pulled this out and I'm rereading my own book. And it's, it's amazing to me how much of this is still valid today when I'm talking about the spiritual things. And I'm going to talk about it and do some podcast on it and do some media because people are interested. People need to know the spiritual dimension. And, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. There are a lot of good podcasts. There are a lot of conservative podcasts. There are a lot of Christian podcasts. But, you know, the conservatives... Uh, like Steve Turley's podcast, for example, or Dennis Prager, he's very conservative. Listen, I agree with most of what they say, but they don't really deal with the spiritual aspect. It is a spiritual thing that is the real world. Now, we all see the natural world. We live in the natural world. We're aware of the natural world. There are many humans who think that there's nothing beyond the natural world, but there's a spiritual world that is as real as the natural world, even though we can't see it. And there are a few word pictures I could use. The Internet is one I like. We all know what the Internet is and what it does. You know, we use it every day. I mean, cell phones and everything else. But none of us can explain the Internet in in the same way we can't explain God. Uh, We can't see the Internet. We can only see the results of the Internet. And there are a lot of things that you can say. Electricity is an example. Example, gravity, you know, you can't see gravity. How do you prove gravity? You can only see that it, that it exists as a, as a law of science. And what I think that I bring as a Christian journalist, listen, I've been a Christian other than a couple of rebellious years where I was kind of fighting the call of God, but I never turned my back on God. I admit I did ask a few questions, and I was kind of not really knowing how God was leading me. Um, and there's no question that I'm 100% for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that uh, the, the church is important, and, and we need to be helping to set the tone, not as a theocracy, of course not, uh, but we, we need to be getting people to, to be in the church, to be discipled, to have godly values, and then they vote that at the ballot box, and we get the leaders that we deserve based on how we vote. We have rights. Listen, we are a special interest group. We have as much right, I think in some ways more right, than other special interest groups, partly because um, godly Christians were... Uh, founders of our country. They weren't all godly, of course, but many of the founding fathers uh, acted and believed because they were strong Christians and believed that God had a special place for this new country that had gotten freedom from um, Britain. And, you know, I could go all through it, and maybe as we go on, I will deal with this in the same way that Dennis Prager does. I really love his fireside chats. I wish that I could kind of figure out a a way to do that kind of thing, too. But I'm going to start dealing with this. I'm going to start dealing with current events from a spiritual point of view and also to challenge some of the Christian leaders that— uh, are either too timid, and they're, listen, there's some really good spiritual leaders, but, you know, they I don't want to judge them, but they appear to be sensitive about cancel culture. They don't want to lose their YouTube channel, and they don't want to lose this, and they don't want to lose donors. And to some extent, I'm going to call them out. In love, of course, this is a spiritual principle, but there's also people that are just weird, I mean, some of these people that have jumped on the Trump bandwagon, there are a couple of uh, prophets uh, 
Well, let me backtrack a minute. Kim Clement very clearly said that God was going to raise somebody up. He didn't name Trump directly, but he used language like the Trump card and different things like that, and it's very clear in hindsight. You can watch him. Go put Kim Clement Trump on uh, Google search on YouTube, and you'll, you'll find, you can watch, there are two in particular that I quote in the book. You'll find both of them. They've had well over a million uh, views. He said that this man was going to be elected twice. So there were an awful lot of people, including me, who felt that that meant that he was going to win the election. And, and uh, when it didn't happen in 2020, there were a lot of people that came out of the woodwork to attack the prophecies. It's interesting, those same people said nothing, nothing, nada. They just kind of kept their mouth shut when I documented the 216. I personally believe that Trump will be in for two terms. I just do. But the prophecy did not say two terms in a row. And it's interesting that Publishers Weekly, which I've been reading my whole career because, as I referred to earlier, it's uh, kind of the trade magazine. We use the term Bible, lowercase b, for the publishing industry. And for some reason, they decided to do an article on me. And especially, it was probably because of the success of Jonathan Kahn and his latest book, The Josiah Manifesto. In fact, when they interviewed me, I seriously thought they were interviewing me for an article about Jonathan Kahn. Instead, the comments about Jonathan Kahn were an article about me. And they, they mentioned uh, my, my books, they mentioned the Trump thing, they mentioned what I just said about uh, two terms in a row. Interestingly, the New York Times and Rolling Stone have both written about me. They were not positive, but they also were probably po as positive as they could be considering who they are and who I am. Rolling Stone tried to make it sound like I backed Ron DeSantis, and I, I'm a big, big fan of Ron DeSantis. He's my governor. Um, but, and I have said a couple of positive things about him, as I am right now. But I ha did not endorse him. I've endorsed no one. I'm waiting until later to announce who I'm going to endorse. Um, and I want to be strategic. I think that the Christian community, the charismatic community, which is where I have influence, which numbers, um, you know, I, I probably ought to do some research and see what the numbers are. I have in my mind that it's somewhere between 20 and 40 million. This would be all of the members of the Pentecostal denominations, and there are a lot of them. The Assemblies of God, for example, um, has grown 17 years in a row. I mean, what denomination has grown 17 years in a row? The independent charismatic churches, every single town has at least one big charismatic church and a whole lot of little ones. And then you've, um, you've got the Roman Catholics. Uh, they're not as, as high profile, but they're out there in little prayer groups everywhere. And then you've got a whole lot of people that are in other denominations, but they've been touched by the Holy Spirit in some way. They would believe that the gifts are for today. They buy books like this, for example. You know, in fact, it's hard sometimes to know how to do it. Listen, if anyone is, has a heart after God and loves prayer and intercession, if they believe in spiritual warfare, because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Listen, there are people. We need to lock arms. We, 
we don't want to compromise, and we certainly don't want to have weird theology. But we've people, we have got to start working together. And I'm going to use the platform that God has given me and the mega megaphone, as big or small, that God has given me to try to uh, make a difference. And I want you to make a difference. In fact, one of the things I like about Steve Turley is he talks to his his uh, listeners and podcasters, and boy, he posts a lot of stuff because I, you know, I subscribe and I get it. And he he talks about how they're almost a part of a of a revolution, and it's a conservative revolution. Uh, listen, what we do, you know, life is but a vapor. The, uh, the natural world is but a vapor. God has plans and purposes far beyond what we understand. Which Publishers Weekly quoted? I must must say that. They quoted it pretty accurately, um, and it was int- interesting to me to reflect on what I said to them and to read it in print. In fact, you could probably go online and put in Publishers Weekly and Stephen Strang, and it, sh- it should pop up. It was just a few days ago. In fact, they, the staff just sent it to me today, which is probably why I'm mentioning it. Um, you know, I'm in the media. I've had articles before I don't I take them with a grain of salt and even the positive ones I told one of my authors one time who was all concerned about media coverage uh, that they build you up to tear you down the first article is usually positive and the next one is where they blast us and the thing is that when you're standing for the word of God when you believe that sin is sin when you believe that um, there's an afterlife when you believe that God rules all things, you're in the minority. You're against the people that want to say anything goes, that this woke agenda is the right agenda, that the government should do more and more and more. You're against all that kind of stuff. And the other side, they, they're coming after us one by one by one. And they try to take out the big ones with cancel culture and then everybody else is, is uh, intimidated. But you know what? The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, which can also be translated intimidation. God has not given us a spirit of intimidation, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And I know that right now somebody who's watching and listening needed that word. You're being intimidated by something in your own life, and you need to quote that scripture. We can quote the word of God. We have to quote the the word of God. We have to believe the word of God. We've got to act on the word of God. And in, even though I'm not a theologian, I'm not a preacher. I've never been a pastor. I believe what I'm saying with my whole heart, and I'm trying to communicate it in my podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening for my little, um, I was going to call it a tirade. It wasn't a tirade, was it? I just feel strongly. I, I, I need... I guess they call these rants, but it was it was a Christian rant. Is it okay to have a Christian rant? Leave me your comments. If you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe. Hit that little bell so that you're notified when I ha- when I uh, put something online. Tell me what you think about a, a subscription. Uh, ha- uh, we may have some private Zoom calls, like a town hall. I'm trying I'm trying to connect with you. And I decided that while we're in transition without having a studio right here at my desk in my office that has no windows in it, I mean, it has windows, it has no pictures on the wall, that you would enjoy this little update at what's been happening in my life. 
So tune in again. We're still doing it every Tuesday and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Share this with others. And listen, help me get up an army. We need an army, especially as we're getting into this election season, especially as things are getting weirder and weirder. I'm going to start commenting more on things that are in the news, things that are happening in the body of Christ. Like I said, I'll probably do the more inside baseball things. I'm learning things about what's going on at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. I'm hesitant to talk about it publicly because that whole thing is still shaking out. But there's some very serious spiritual issues that we must deal with. And that's why I do the Strang Report is so that I can deal with them. Thank you for watching. Tune in again on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you. Welcome back. Do you ever feel discouraged? Do you need hope? The world is so upside down that even if you believe there is power in the Holy Spirit, sometimes you need to be reminded that greater is he that is within us than he is in the world. My new book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, was written to give you hope, to remind you of things you know, to explain spiritual truths that you didn't understand or maybe have forgotten. I draw on my decades of covering the worldwide move of the Holy Spirit to give you examples and stories of great men and women of God, from Jack Hayford to Catherine Kuhlman, and many others explaining spiritual gifts and telling stories of victory in the face of trials and temptations. I wrote this book for you, and I want you to read it. It's easy to read, with lots of practical stories to help you. It is not a theological treatise on the Holy Spirit. In a way, it's a self-help book, looking at the spiritual side of life. So if you long for more of God and to experience the power of the Holy Spirit and the power to rebuke the spiritual attacks in your life and boldness to stand for God when the cancel culture wants you to sit down and shut up, then my book, Spirit-Led Living in an Upside-Down World, is for you. You can find the book wherever Christian books are sold, including Amazon.com or MyCharismaShop.com. Remember, the Holy Spirit is here to help us now and for all the days ahead, no matter how upside down the world gets. Enjoy the book, and God bless you.